Welcome to Behavior Babes Podcast, presented by me, Dr. Amanda Kelly. Joining us today, we have Dr. Mary Barbera. Mary, are you there? Yeah, hi, Amanda. Hi, thanks for joining us. Before oh, thanks be- for having me. Thanks. Um, let's get us started by, if you wouldn't mind doing a brief introduction or as long of an introduction as you'd like, let everyone know who you are. Okay. Um so I fell into the autism world in 1999 um, when my firstborn son, Lucas, was diagnosed with autism one day before his third birthday. Um, he started showing signs of autism, actually, um, soon after my uh, second son, Spencer, was born. So I actually fell into the autism world without knowing it in, in early um, 1998. But when my husband first mentioned the possibility that Lucas had autism, I told him that he was wrong, that Lucas had a few words, he was warm and cuddly, and that I never, ever wanted to hear the word autism again, which is so ironic now because over the past two decades, I have, um, first I founded the Autism Society in my county, then I became a board-certified behavior analyst. I wrote a book, uh, The Verbal Behavior Approach, and um, it was published in 2007, more than a decade ago. Uh, that book has gone on to sell over 50,000 copies and is available in 10 or 11 languages now. And then I um, earned a PhD, created step-by-step processes um, to turn autism around in toddlers through teens and um, started really um, looking into how to get my message out uh, to the world. Before 2010, I was only working one-to-one with clients, and then I was also speaking around the world about my book and my processes. But um, I started looking into online marketing and how to run online courses and and so my journey has taken me into that route, and now I have three online courses. I have weekly video blogs. I am starting, actually, today, Tuesday, January 22nd, I'm starting a weekly podcast. So I'm really excited about that. The podcast is called Turn Autism Around. It's going to be for professionals and parents, a mixture of solo shows and interviews and you're on one of the first you know eight or ten interview uh podcast episodes so um just trying to bring um better programming to kids and also it's going to be for both parents and professionals and i think it's going to be really different than the current podcasts that are available in the autism world which are surprisingly very few i don't know if you do you know how few podcasts are are just about autism? Yeah, there's not a ton. I mean, and they're going in some different directions. When I started, I actually didn't look until after you had mentioned that you were going to launch a podcast, and I had started this one, and I um, went on to similar kinds of podcasts, and it, there's only a handful. So I subscribed to them, but I was surprised as well. Right, and a lot of the podcasts that are or were in the autism world um, – 
they haven't been consistent with getting the podcast out. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of work on the back end. But anyway, I'm super excited about it. Um, it's going to be weekly. Um, on Today, on January 22nd, um, we're releasing the first three episodes and then weekly after that. So um, I even the, the name, Turn Autism Around, um, which you can search on iTunes to find my podcast today. And if you do, I'd love it if you would download the episode, subscribe, leave me a rating and review after you listen, share the podcast. I really want to get, um, you know, the podcast to reach a lot of people. And one way to do that is to get a burst of action um, to get a lot of people to download and subscribe all at once. So, so I hope that that happens but even the title you know some people are like you can't turn autism around and as we know as behavior analysts it was proven in the late 1980s uh, by Dr. Ibar Lovas and and colleagues um, in a Hallmark classic study published in 1987 that that um, with intensive ABA therapy that 47 percent of the kids in the treatment group actually did become indistinguishable or recover from autism. So um, I was in denial about Lucas's autism for over a year, and there's so many more kids now with autism, with signs of autism. The waiting lists are so horrendous that I want to get easy ABA information into the hands of parents who are either in denial or they're... um, they're on waiting lists and they don't know what to do and they're being served by, you know, well-meaning professionals but with a very minimum number of hours, very eclectic approach and it's, sometimes it's actually making it worse. But in addition to toddlers, um, Lucas is now 22 years old and he's been, he's had moderate severe autism um, since he was diagnosed and and, you know, he needs a lot of care and a lot of good programming. So I'm also on a mission to turn autism around. Now, obviously, with a older child or teen or young adult, you're not going to be able to uh, turn autism completely around. But I have many examples where people who have um, taken my online courses, you know, have gotten their kids who are 8 or or 10 to speak you know, or speak more, um, have their first bowel movement on the toilet. These are the kind of um, gains that it's it's never too late for ABA. So I'm kind of going at it from a lot of different angles. Um, I'm a behavior analyst, and I'm also a registered nurse, um, and I'm also an advocate and a mom. And, and so I'm going to cover um, a lot more than just ABA, and I'm also going to make it um, understandable to lay people so that both parents and professionals can learn together, which has always been my um, my mantra is, you know, when you're in the online marketing space, it's like pick one target market. You know, you can't be preaching to both parents and professionals, but I... And my book is written for both parents and professionals. It can be read by a novice parent, but it's also used, my book is used for graduate-level coursework. Um, 
my courses are for parents and professionals. When I speak, I I don't, you know, some people when I've spoken in the past, they've been like, okay, well, you can talk to the parents in the morning, and then we'll bring in the professionals in the afternoon. And I'm like, well, that's crazy because I'm going to say the same thing. Might as well have a whole day event for everyone. And I think my whole stance really does improve the collaborative efforts between parents and professionals, too. I think you've offered up a lot of resources to the community. And my journey started around the same time, but I didn't meet you for at least a decade after that, um, I believe. You know, we were standing at ABAI by that poster, and we were recently talking about that. Who's this Mm -hmm. behavior babe girl? Um, And I knew you as, I think I was calling you Dr. Barbara or something. Barbara. Like Barbara or something. Yeah, Yeah. which a lot of people do. Yeah, so you were doing your whole dissertation, and you were reading the name as Barbara. Yeah. So, um, which is which is very common, and it was it was before I started doing so many online videos where I constantly am announcing my name. <laughs> yes. Now I that's why I couldn't even remember. I'm like, what did I used to call you? Because obviously I know your name, so it's so ingrained to me. But yeah, you mentioned the verbal behavior approach in publishing that in 2007. My dissertation. Uh, my PhD program, I enrolled in 2008. So it was right then. And it's very interesting that my dissertation topic ended up, you know, was on pairing. And I was looking at the work by, you know, Dr. Mark Sundberg and had read your book. And one of my advisors, Dr. Judah X, also heavily immersed and involved in, you know, verbal behavior and taking a look at how do we establish ourselves or condition ourselves as reinforcers. And Interestingly, that was sort of where the research, applied research on pairing kind of ended at that time. And so um, I was really excited to be able to extend, you know, you you gave me the confidence that my dissertation was going to work because you had demonstrations over and over and over and over again of the effects of pairing. And I looked at some of the parameters of that. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about your involvement in the school systems as well uh, in Pennsylvania? Because I know you have some history with that. Yes, yes. So in 2000 and, um, 2003, I became a board-certified behavior analyst. Um, but in the summer of that year, before I was a behavior analyst, I received an email saying, you're being considered for this position with the Pennsylvania Verbal Behavior Project. And I was like, I'm I never applied for it. Like, I didn't even have a resume at that point. All I was doing was in advocacy efforts as Lucas was transitioning to kindergarten, coming from a home ABA verbal behavior program to kindergarten. I was, you know, very much in align, in alignment with other parents throughout the state, and I was pushing. Um, so I just kind of ended up at the right place at the right time, and I got a position first as just a, well, I wasn't even a behavior analyst then. I don't even know what they called me. I guess just a consultant for this for this grant through the Pennsylvania Department of Education. And we were in 12 classrooms throughout the state of Pennsylvania. Um, each uh, classroom would get three things. They would get some training, like with Dr. Mark Sundberg. They would get... Um, some materials like language builder cards and direct instruction curriculum. And the biggest part of our budget was um, and always 
has been since is on-site guided practice. So um, I had three classrooms. I visited them once a week um, throughout the school year. It was uh, we were basically building the plane, building the wings while we were flying. I mean, I didn't know how to be a consultant. I wasn't even a behavior analyst yet. Um, it was, you know, I think the the schools that participated, raised their hands at the Penn State Conference in August. I mean, it was flying by the seat of our pants. But it worked, and it worked amazingly well, and I became the lead behavior analyst pretty quickly after I passed my boards and whoever was running the grant resigned. And so I ended up getting, you know, being in control of trying to hire more people as we went from a $250,000 budget to over a million dollar budget and this is this is starting in 2003 I was uh with the verbal behavior project for um 7 years until 2010 and in that time we really we grew our BCBAs we um at at one point we recruited uh people that wanted to become BCBAs, and a third of us at one point were moms who became behavior analysts. Um, so we were in providing guided practice to teachers, speech pathologists, paraprofessionals. I mean, we would train school bus drivers, cafeteria aides, pretty much anybody who would listen. And um, it was an amazing um, project. It still is. It's it's the Patton, P-A-T-T-A-N, the Patton Autism ABA Supports Initiative. They changed the name right as I left. And um, I left to finish up my Ph.D. Um, in 2011. And I also left and started working in the early intervention uh, population of birth to three in my county where I developed my step-by-step -step processes for uh, treating kids with early signs of autism. And, yeah, so it, it's just been kind of a, a weird ride, you know, in, um, at, at the right place at the right time in many respects to really learn and grow as a behavior analyst. And uh, I'm, I'm very, you know, much applying everything I've been taught and worked with hundreds of kids directly. So I not only have experience with Lucas, but I have experience with very young kids, uh, one-year-olds up to, you know, young adults and everything, every, you know, problem behavior, every language deficit and just kind of whittling away at, um all the issues, you know, trying to assess quickly and efficiently, trying to, like, look at the whole forest, not get stuck on the trees. Like, I did a video blog a while back called, like, tit-for-tat tit, tit programming, which is, like, you know, just focusing on, you know, well, shouldn't that have been a man to interverbal transfer or tact to interverbal transfer? It's like, Meanwhile, the kid is, like, you know, having self-injurious behavior or not toilet trained. Like, I don't even want to talk about any any little problem unless we look at the big picture and really where where is this kid functionally, what are the family values, how, how does this child do over the weekends, 
um, what level of safety concerns do we have or should we be having? I mean, just I'm just a very big, like, let's step back and look at the whole picture and the whole child and the family and work together to increase their skills and reduce their problem behaviors. You can see, I can see that same sort of personality trait in how you're approaching your dissemination. So you had said to me once, Amanda, you're not going to save the world with door-to-door ABA or something to that effect of meaning, you know, the one-to-one work is how you build your skill set. It's how you get that experience. It's how you apply those principles. It gives you that credibility when you're consulting to others. But you have a mission now to get this information in the hands of many families and providers as possible, especially people who are on wait lists, who are in rural areas, and you have this. 2 million by 2020 goal, uh, we just hit 2019, how, how did you come up with that goal? How are you going to reach that goal? And I know you've done some interest, um, interesting things with pursuing the path and, and marketing and better understanding that. Can you share with that uh, with us a little bit about that? Sure. So as I said, starting in 2011 when I finished my PhD up, people were like, well, what are you going to do now? Are you going to teach in a university? Or you, you know, and I basically said, I'm going to continue to play potato head with my little two-year-olds until I can figure out how to get my message online. And so I bought some online courses and I um, went to a few live events, um, kind of stumbled around uh, online marketing people. And in the fall of 2016, I I had been watching um, this guy, his name is Jeff Walker, and um, I had been watching his, every Sunday he does an online video, um, and I've been watching him for years. And he um, has a, a product called Product Launch Formula, which I didn't own, but I did use his book called Launch, um, to actually launch my online courses in 2015. And I just really followed uh, his methods in this $15 book, which was amazing. Um, Then I had some other online stuff under my belt, so it wasn't like I was just reading the book. I had gone through a couple other things. But anyway, Jeff Walker invited uh, a bunch of people to his first annual launch con event, And uh, it was in L.A., and I flew out. And I really was just, at that point, looking for some tricks and tips and how to put webinars on Evergreen, which means they'd be available anytime, and, you know, just how to do better Facebook ads. And I was literally looking for these little tricks and tips. And what I found when I went to this conference, which was almost a 1,000 people, is I found, like, Oh, my God, like I know so little about it. Even though I had launched my online course, I was like scratching the surface and ended up joining his his um, group coaching program called Launch Club. And one of the specific things, reasons I joined Launch Club was to um, participate in a competition. Uh, you see, in 2016, they had their first annual Launch Club Person of the Year competition, and uh, this one guy, he's a parenting expert in Mexico, he ended up winning a Ferrari there, and um, I was just like, I want to get on the stage, and 
Um, make a long story short, I ended up joining Launch Club. I ended up not only uh, participating, being one of the ten finalists, I won the competition in 2017, which enabled me to um, win a, a cruise for 15 of my family members, and I won a mastermind with Jeff Walker. So I really feel like now Jeff Walker has become an incredible mentor of mine um, in the online marketing space. But it was during one of these live events that he he does like visualization exercises and stuff. It's not all like woo woo like that, but there are some woo woo parts. And um and I just envisioned this two million and and then I was on a panel, he had me up on stage. It was pretty much up on his stage in front of a thousand entrepreneurs every time since I joined Launch Club. And he asked me something, and I said, I just envisioned just in, you know, in the last half a day, I envisioned this $2 million goal, and I don't think it's $2 million. I think it's $2 million people, and, and so, you know, that was pretty much it. So, yeah, we just turned to 2019, and that's one of the reasons I'm starting this podcast today is because, you know, I have had people – six. Um, Parents and professionals from 60 different countries, over 60 countries, who have taken and paid for my online courses. I have a mailing list that's huge now. Um, you know, I have weekly video blogs, which are, are watched by many people. But, you know, 2 million by 2020, that's going to be a lot. And I don't just want to reach 2 million. I want to turn autism around. So that's going to be a big task, even if we count towards the end of 2020 um, I've got a big undertaking so that's why I'm doing my podcast turn autism around starting today so um, I I think the more I learn about online marketing the more I realize there's just this huge um, you know I, in a lot of ways I, ha I have mastered a lot of the ways to affect more people but um, in some ways, I feel like I'm the beginning of the mountain, and um, I just really need to keep going. So, like, I just uh, I bought a podcasting course from Pat Flynn last year, and I never watched it. But in December, something, I was listening to a podcast, and they were talking about, like, doing something big and bold for the new year. And I was like, you know what? I'm starting a podcast. So I binged listen, binged watch the entire podcasting course, and... You know, I'm going for it. And then off to the next project because I just have to keep going to really help um, parents and professionals um, because it's stressful. And I, I don't just want to have it be like strategies. I also am going to have a focus on, on the podcast on helping parents and professionals themselves live happier lives, be less stressed. Because I don't, I don't know if you saw a video blogger recently did, but it's been proven that, especially autism moms, they have the stress of combat soldiers, and um, and I think pro, you know there's a lot of professionals too that are stressed. They're potentially getting injured. They are getting frustrated because of the bureaucracy and trying to help kids. You know, everybody has their own. Um, way of treating autism you may not agree with everyone you know so there's just so it just feels like it's so much stress 
Um, so I want to look at ways and have guests on that can really help to um, alleviate some of that stress and to have everybody be, I mean, one of my big things is like being positive and, and trying to live each day, you know, to the fullest and not be into this despair, woe is me, you know, it's so horrible. I don't want, you know, I didn't allow autism to ruin my life, and I, I want to help parents and professionals, um, you know, really make progress so that they are living better lives. I think your passion, Mary, is very genuine and uh, it's easy to see. And I mean, I know you, on we have a friendship as well, but I was recently doing a supervision um, class, a session last week, as a matter of fact, and one of the uh, individuals pursuing certification said, you know, I just like to mention this, this, you know, webinar I had a chance to attend or this talk I heard recently. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, what was it? And she said, well, it was Dr. Mary Berbera or something like that. And I said, Barbera, Barbera. <laughs> and I said, don't worry, I've made that mistake too. And she talked about, um, you know, sort of three mistakes, common mistakes that people make or practitioners make. And she felt like hearing that at the beginning of her journey was really helpful because she's like, I'm going to be on the lookout. I'm not going to make those mistakes sort of from the beginning. And I thought, I love that people I'm working with, people I'm talking to, are accessing resources that I didn't recommend or that I didn't necessarily put in their hands. It's accessible. It's available. It's out there. And that's a big part of getting people to contact the science or to have it fall into their lap, if you will. Um, one last question I had for you before we get off today, and if, you, if you'd like to come back, I, I always have um, almost an obligation or an always an open standing invite, not an obligation, uh, but an, an open invite um, for more conversations. But you had mentioned that you had won a cruise for 15 members of your family. You had also kind of shared a little bit about the first uh, mention of autism and your reaction with your husband. Um, what does your family think about this profession and this path that you're on now? What's their perspective? Um, my... My family has always been really supportive. I mean, my husband's a physician, um, so and with me being a nurse, you know, initially with the diagnosis, I still maintain my license um, as a nurse. So we came at autism from a very medical model, very medical point of view, um, and you know, but we see how complicated it is. You know, I was a nurse manager and. So I knew how to manage people, hire, fire, keep good records, you know. But it's like parents, it's just amazing how much parents have to do to even, you know, survive. Um, and then my parents have, I I grew up in where I'm living now, so my parents are just down the street now, and they they are, have always been very supportive. Like, I just, they they watch my video blogs on their TV. and the, the, If somebody goes over there, they'll be like, oh, you have to watch Mary's video. And I'm like, oh, my God, did, did they really pull that out? <laughs> so they were thrilled that I, I won a vacation voucher. So I didn't have to bring all my family on a, on a, on a cruise, but that's what I chose to do with the voucher because um, 
my dad almost died um, like eight years ago. He was in a really bad accident, and he almost died. And and so I thought, you know, if I win this this um, vacation voucher, I want to bring my parents and my husband and and you know my brother and sister and most of our kids. And and so we had a really great time. But yeah, I I've gotten a tremendous amount of support, and I feel like some of the reason I fought early on and I continue to fight is for, you know, people that don't have the education that I had and uh, the financial resources and the, and the family resources. And, you know, I was fighting for the, you know, English not as, as the first language, mom who's single, who's taking a bus and, you know, didn't have a computer back then. Like, Like, if I have to work this hard when Lucas was diagnosed or if, new moms, you know, it's like there's just so much we can do. And even as a professional, you know, I think there are there are there needs to just be like we are in this together. Let's let's solve this autism. Maybe we can't solve it, but we can make things better for kids and and I think there's a lot of division uh, many times be- between professionals and parents and so I just feel like I've been fortunate with my family support and and with all the things that um you know I've had in my life that I can I can truly be the my husband used to call me like Norma Ray like I've always kind of been a fighter <laughs> and so um Jeff Walker when I was on the stage last he's he said something like I said, my husband, you know, talks about retiring. Like, I am not, never going to retire. Like, I'll be on my deathbed on the computer trying to change things because I don't I don't think about, like, sipping my ties on the beach. Like, I am just really passionate about making things better for the kids that are affected, trying to, you know, turn things around quickly because that's really where where we need to focus on to get the most – benefit is is you know not letting this window of opportunity go by and these kids get more and more impacted by autism and their problem behaviors go up because parents are, have no idea what to do you know so i'm just really um trying to get the word out so if you if if listeners could write today or tomorrow go on iTunes search turn autism around download, subscribe, share, leave me a great rating and review. That will really help my my efforts to surge to get this information out. Well, Mary, thanks for joining us. And I just want to add as someone who lives across the street from the beach, my ties really aren't that practical um, with all the <laughs> sand. You might wish to have a closed container of some sort and definitely no single-use plastic straws. Um, yes. But, you know, I think it, I share your passion and – I feel inspired by it, and it's really nice to have that energy out there for people to know that there is a resource for you to take the the opportunities that you have to advocate for other people is something that I – it speaks very deeply to me, and I connect with a lot because I feel like that's our mission, that's our goal, is to make the world a better place, and we do what we can with what we have, and some of us have the ability to do more. So. Mary, thank you for joining us today. Um, again, the podcast is called Turn Autism Around, um, your website. Any other way, that any anything and, else that you want to? And my website, marybarbera.com, 
we'll have a podcast page. We have free workshops like your supervisee um, told you. Um, just you can always contact me, and if you can't figure out how to spell my name or you forget my name, just Google Mary plus autism. I'm the first one that pops up. That's right. Thanks again, Mary. And for anyone who's interested in learning information about Behavior Babe or things ABA and Amanda, please check out www.behaviorbabe.com.